Welcome to Modern Figures Podcast, hosted by Dr. Jeremy Waysom and Dr. Kyla McMullen, where we are elevating the voices of Black women in computing to inspire the next generation of the advanced technology workforce. This podcast exists to highlight the stories of Black women in computing, inspire high schoolers and the young at heart, and to dispel the myths and preconceptions about Black women in computing. Kyla and I are from the Institute for African American Mentoring and Computing Sciences, or IMCS. IMCS serves as a national resource for computing students, faculty, and industry professionals. We're funded by the National Science Foundation. Our goals are to increase the number of African Americans receiving doctoral degrees in the computing sciences, to promote and engage students in teaching and training opportunities, and to add more diverse researchers into the advanced technology workforce. This podcast is funded by the National Center for Women in Information Technology. NCWIT is a nonprofit that convenes, equips, and unites change leader organizations to increase the participation of all women in the field of computing. So, welcome, Jamie Berger, our guest for today. Yay. <laughs> Hi. Jamie is a current graduate student at Michigan Technological University, and she's also the creator of Lyrics to Code, which is on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Jamie. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) So we want to start with your background and kind of how you grew up. So if you could tell us a little bit about who you are Mm -hmm. and what life was like for you as a young child. Uh, Life for me as a young child is pretty uh, interesting. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I was adopted and but my biological mom's still in my life Mm -hmm. so uh, my biological mom actually got into a car accident when she was 16 and so she's very physically handicapped Mm -hmm. and she does have a little bit of brain damage as well Um, and then when my guardian parents came into the picture they um, gained custody by me of me by also uh, choosing to take care of my mother. That's amazing. Wow. That's yep. awesome. So I'm from Ann Arbor, Michigan. And so, hey. <laughs> right. <laughs> so my mom or uh, my guardian mom went to U of M to like learn how to care for my biological mother. Wow. And um, so she's basically been her caretaker, whatever you want to call it since then. And so she was able to take me in, too. And then, yeah, I just grew up like that. <laughs> one big happy family. Yeah. That's very cool. That is really yeah. cool. So it's fun. Whenever I go home, I'm like, I can't wait to see my moms. And everybody's <laughs> like, wow, progressiveness. They're lesbian. And I'm like, well, that's great. But that's not that's not exactly the case here. So. <laughs> that's fine. That's, that's yeah. fine. That's wonderful, though. Yeah. yeah. So did anything about how you grew up inspire you to pursue computer science not so much so growing up um I've always been good at like math and things like that um apparently my senior year of high school they started a computer science program at my high school but nobody told me about it (laughs) I was in AP calculus AP statistics and AP physics and AP German but you'd think that with those combination of like topics somebody would have been like wow you might be interested in computer science right Um, But nobody really came to me with that. So um, I didn't find out about computer science until my junior year of college, undergrad. Wow, that's that's really far in. Very. Yeah. You're almost done. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. So I did get my undergraduate degree in math with a minor in computer science. Okay. And then when I was applying to graduate school, the kind of work that um, I was writing essays about, they were like, 
you should do computer science. And I was like, all right, that's what you say. <laughs> that's super cool. Yeah. yeah. So did you do anything like that was science related extracurricularly while you were like in high school or did it did it all kind of fall into place while you were in college? Um, so it mostly fell into place when I was in college. So when I was in high school, I was very about like track. Um, <laughs> I ran track and what I was like, run? What did you run? I ran the 400 okay. and I was like, okay. this is my life. But then, <laughs> track is life. Okay. Yeah. Track is life. but then, um, I tore my meniscus twice oh, in my right what? knee. Oh, no. And at that point I was like, oh man, you know, I can't depend on my body anymore. My surgeon <laughs> told me that, you know, I can't run competitively anymore. Oh, wow. And like, I'd always gotten good grades. So that wasn't an issue, mm-hmm. but I was like super sad and depressed about that. So I was like, this is my life what am I gonna do and then that's when I decided that I should just like really just keep studying and be smart (laughs) use my brain and my mom's always been that kind of woman that's like your looks will fade and your brain will stay strong forever so (laughs) not necessarily true but yeah yeah so you know I kind of had no choice there but to continue on with my studies and kind of depend on my brain so when I started undergrad I wanted to be an architect cool team civil engineer over here so I can't slight you for that except you didn't really have the science in your heart which is okay yeah no I wanted to build dream homes (laughs) (laughs) so um I started at University of South Florida Okay. Because uh, all three of my older brothers went to school there, so I was like, I want to be like them. From Michigan or no? They, they were elsewhere. They're like twenty plus years older than me, oh, so wow. they grew up with like a military dad and moved around the world. And then oh, wow. by the time they were like in late high school, they were in Florida, so that was kind of like their local yeah. school. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I just wanted to be like them and move to Florida. And then after two years, I was like, this place is hot. And <laughs> it is that. That's it's true. humid and it just rains and there's no freaking seasons. No, yeah. so, we, don't, we don't have a lot of tree foliage changing. Yeah. yeah. No, that was, that was pretty rough for me. At first, I thought I hated seasons and then I didn't have seasons. And I was like, wow, I really love seasons. Yeah. So <laughs> I moved back to Michigan and I was hoping to... Um, go to the U of M because that's in my hometown. Mm-hmm. But um, they wouldn't accept a lot of credits from USF. Mm. Interesting. And that was super expensive to go there. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, I ended up going to Eastern Michigan University. Oh, yeah, EMU. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. And at first... I was a little disappointed, like, mm, EMU, you know, I grew up in, like, the world of, like, Wolverines. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually really, really enjoyed it there because, one, I found out about computer science. Hey, so, cool. yeah, by that point, I decided that I wanted to be a math major. And in the math major, um, they required an intro to programming class. Cool. And I was super scared because I was like, what's programming? (laughs) I had no idea what it was. I was like, all I know is this involves computers. (laughs) And at EMU, sometimes like the classrooms aren't open before class starts. So you end up just like waiting in the hallway. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting in the hallway and kind of like 
not to like bring in the stereotypes, but I saw some really nerdy looking kids <laughs> and I was like, yo, <laughs> what is this class going to be? <laughs> like, they look like they know what they're doing and I don't know what this is. <laughs> so, okay. Well, sounds like a little bit of imposter syndrome. Maybe. It probably definitely was. Some implicit yeah. biases. Yeah, That's there okay. was a lot of That's that okay. mixed in. So... <laughs> Um, I had no idea what to expect, but then, um, I guess most computer scientists, I assume have this, uh, idea that like, oh, you know, my first Hello World program and it all made sense. And it kind of like was like that for me. I was like, oh, this is programming. And my teacher, um, or my professor, she was a female Mm-hmm. And she was super awesome. She's from India, and she would always talk about how where she's from, it's mostly women yep. who are in computer science. Yep. And she would always talk about how strange it is that um, you know there are so few students in her class, or female, female students, yeah, female. yeah, not students, yeah. <laughs> female students. And um, I was like, yeah, this is kind of weird. So um, we knew that there are different women in computer science clubs mm-hmm. at uh, other universities. So um, her and I actually worked together to found the one at EMU. Cool. Wow. Okay, cool. So you're like yeah. the founder of, what's the name of the group? Um, women, women in Computer Science at Eastern Michigan University. That's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. That's not the first time I've heard that. Like I had an Indian friend in grad school say that, you know, in India, that it was mostly computer science for the women and computer engineering for the men. And that was Mm -hmm. the division. And I'm like, here, it's like, can we just get people in computer anything? (laughs) Women in computer something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of um, sparked my interest in computer science. And I thought about switching my major to computer science, but I stuck with a minor because I wanted to graduate. (laughs) (laughs) You were pretty far in when you found it. Yeah. And bills are real. Yeah. And I just really wanted to be done in that four year mark. So stuck with math, computer science minor, still um, I served as the president of Women in Computer Science until I graduated, and then I also became the first female president of the math club at EMU. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that was really fun. <laughs> How many of you were there, like, in your math program? Were you kind of isolated in that program? or? Um, math actually was a lot more diverse than the computer science program. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of females and a lot of people of color, so that was really awesome. I felt always like pretty normal in those yeah. classes and my professors in the math department were really cool there's definitely a few where you know I'd love to go back and hang out with them but I think some <laughs> of them are retired now so yeah. I don't know if that's an option so what what inspired you to go to graduate school Jamie um so to be frank, I wanted to go to graduate school because I didn't want to work. <laughs> but it turns out I ended up working way harder. So <laughs> uh, you never know. Yeah. You, never, you never really know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when I was applying to graduate school, um, I didn't really have an idea of research. I didn't get to have any undergraduate research experiences okay and I didn't know that research was like a huge part of graduate school so um I was really into fighter type video games (laughs) (laughs) so I'm talking like ultimate marvel first capcom 3 
okay. and yes. Tekken Tag Tournament 2. Okay. I like to mess that stuff up. That was <laughs> <laughs> Those are my games for sure. Okay. Good to know. And you know, a diehard PlayStation fan, so you know, um, it was just, that's what I was about. And I was like, this is what I'm going to graduate school for. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to like make this system that, you know, um, so the characters in the games have different like strength levels yep. and different abilities. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what if you like some weak players, mm. right? But mm. you still want to win. I wanted to come up with a system that would, um, help people, uh, create statistically probable <laughs> I had to make it sound smart, right? Statistically probable ways of like winning with their weak characters when they're playing against maybe like the most strongest characters. Um so that's what I went into graduate school about and everybody was like, we don't know this in math. You need to go to computer science. Okay. And I was like, mm-hmm. all right, if that's what you say, that's what I'm gonna do. And then once I actually got accepted and put into the program, they're like, you're not doing this. And I was like, oh, now what? Hate this go. Girl, hate it. (laughs) Whatever. Right. They were like, we don't know about this. And I was like, listen, I can teach you. We can go to my house right now, play some PlayStation. You know, I will destroy you with the weakest player. Exactly. So, yeah, um, that's pretty much what inspired me to go to graduate school, to be honest. I mean, no shade. That's actually pretty cool that you were inspired by video games (laughs) to do research. Yeah. And I don't think that's many people's story. I was inspired by clothes. Clothes. Yeah, I wanted to make a program that was like a virtual, um, like a stylist. Okay. So you would enter they do in, that now. Yeah. And you would enter in your clothes. You would scan it. That was my senior project. You were ahead of your time. I really was. That's really, really cool. Was. But then I got to school and they were like, there's no research in that. And I'm like, but, but. There's no money. There's no grant money. Right. In that. There's no grant money. That's what that translates to. Yeah. I can't yeah. write some grant corporation and, you know, hmm. get money for this. They're like, if you can write it in the context of a constraint satisfaction problem, then perhaps. But. <laughs> I wasn't willing to sell out my idea. But no, yeah. I feel you for going to <laughs> yeah. grad school for the wrong reasons. Yeah. <laughs> they're, I, yeah. They're not the wrong reasons. But they're the, just not the actual reasons that would get you a degree this in, is at right. graduate school. Yeah. But how do you know that, right? Yeah, you don't like, know that. Got us in really a door. Knows. Right. Yeah. So why grad school? You know, I, I get not wanting to work. <laughs> But, I mean, you could have yeah. married rich. Or... Could have done a gap year. Uh, no, nah, I'm not about that your... marrying rich okay, stuff. Okay, that's, okay. that's not me. I see that. <laughs> me either. I got. I like mm-hmm. to hold my own, you know? Yeah. I feel you. Strong black woman over here. That's Strong yeah. black lead. Yep. I could that's be in goal. a movie. Yeah. We'll <laughs> see. One day, maybe. Um, so, what's grad school like for you? Like, yeah. what is that experience like? You don't have to tell us everything, but... <laughs> Yeah. Maybe the high points, you know? (laughs) The high points? Um, Well, the high points would definitely be um, I've gotten a lot of exposure and a lot of, like, networking. Mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. that's really cool. Uh, I don't know if I would have gotten that otherwise because I have lived in Michigan for most of my life. and. I love Michigan, but it's not really like a place where you're meeting all these like powerful people everywhere. So mm-hmm. grad school did give me an opportunity to travel and network and go to conferences, um, just like a whole nother world that I didn't even know existed. 
That's wow. how we met you, right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And here yeah. I am today. So <laughs> very cool. So that's um, something that like I feel really happy that you know I got to experience, and I'm still experiencing. Um, and I am learning a lot more about computer science. That's for sure. Like mm-hmm. um, when I started, I didn't really know that much. Like only having a minor in it, I didn't realize how little I knew about computer science. Mm-hmm. And um, when you go to graduate school, you still have some coursework to go through. And there are all these breadth requirements. So you can't just, like, take all the classes that... That you want to take. Exactly. (laughs) You have to, like, take all this other, like, stuff that I don't understand and sounds like another language Mm to me. It is another language, actually. Yeah. (laughs) Technically, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, man, you know, I I got pretty nervous. Like, what is all this stuff? Maybe a few additional Um, languages. Yeah. (laughs) Right. But it turned out to be like really fun. Like I like the coursework, Mm -hmm. most of it. Um, And I found out a lot about um, also like data science in the process. Okay, cool. So I do really like data programming. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't know that I would enjoy something like that before. But I guess with my math background, it makes sense. What's the (laughs) distinction for you between computer science and data programming? Like what Mm -hmm. or data science? Like what would you say to people distinguishes the two? I would say data science is more of like, um, hmm, you're trying to like extract information from something that already is kind of like out there and mm-hmm. exists, but mm-hmm. there's no um, no clear pattern to it or no yeah. clear way of like distinguishing what what all of this hullabaloo might mean. It's okay. like, we got it, but what do we do with it? And right. I feel like data science cleans that up and is like, this is what you can do with it. This is what make what you can make sense out of all of this random information. Yeah. Okay. Um, so makes information make sense. <laughs> so right. like basically, you have this bag of data. And right. data science is like, all right, let's make some meaning out of this. What can we conclude from these things? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then I think computer science, um, a lot of people think about it as just programming. Mm-hmm. But programming is actually a very small part of my schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say computer science is more of like the... Hmm. More of like the analytical way of like looking at how computers work together and how to like maintain systems and um, really find out the the power like the hmm. Trying to say this in a smart way, but it's not coming to mind. <laughs> no, I mean I think you're doing a good <laughs> but, job. But yeah, I I don't know. I just feel like um, it's it's a lot more theory. Mm -hmm. I guess that's the best way for me to put it. You're more like theorizing about computers and what they can do as opposed to just like programming and creating stuff with the computer that's already there. Yeah. Okay. Kyla, Dr. Kyla, you got any, any additional feedback? No, that's uh, I'm just nodding in agreement. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I'm the non-computer scientist. (laughs) So I got to check with the subject matter experts on this stuff. And the thing is, like, computing's different for every person. Like, because yeah. research yeah. projects are different. Yeah. And, like, you know, basically you're using a computer to solve problems. Correct. Like, and it's, there's right. a broad spectrum. And there's several there. different disciplines that go into that process. Exactly. Including computer science and data science. Yep. Yeah. Is it data or data? I, I say think, data, but I think it's I feel either. like data is very elitist. I don't know. <laughs> 
what haters gonna hate. Anyways. <laughs> so what does being a graduate student mean to you? How would you tell like some of our listeners who might be in high school or middle school mm-hmm. what that looks like? Um, I'd say being a graduate student is learning how to be three people at once. (laughs) (laughs) You have to be a researcher. You still have to be a student with your coursework. And then you also have to be a teacher. Mm. Um, I don't think everybody has to teach, but Mm. I do think that most graduate students do end up teaching at some point or at least grading (laughs) at some point in their career. I'll go with that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, it's all about like finding that balance between those things and then even possibly possibly tacking on some extracurriculars on top of that. So it's it's a busy life. Yeah. But um you know, you you learn to become this like multifaceted person and you're almost like a business person too because you have to somewhat sell your research and prove that this is something that's valuable and will be valuable to yep. not just you graduating but yep. to everybody in the world yeah at the (laughs) time you graduate you are the foremost expert in that one little tiny narrow space that you chose to do your research in exactly but if anybody ever walks into that space that is your domain (laughs) and you can say no 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 let me tell you how it goes right that's cool i like to tell people the distinction between undergraduate and graduate school is really that unlike going to college where they have all of these things that they have to teach you because maybe they are an accredited institution or they're Mm -hmm. they have like guidelines and rules that they must follow graduate school is different in that they want you to become an expert yeah Yeah. so undergrad it's like i need you to know all of these things about your field Mm -hmm. and graduate school is i want you to be the best at this right small right small piece and the person who's helping you become the best may not even know the answers yep so oh, yeah. being comfortable figuring out the answers together so, yeah yeah because yeah. in undergrad it's like okay do this homework assignment x equals five you get a star <laughs> versus hey i really don't know what's the best way to solve this computer problem let's go ahead and look at all the options and do some metrics and discover the answer yeah yeah so you get to be more creative like mm-hmm. a designer what computer science is creative mm-hmm. what wow yes very creative you have to be <laughs> yeah it's an art it, i'm telling you it is so how is it an art like what what would you say about it makes it artistic because people don't necessarily see the sciences as artistic or creative or, or anything. creative yeah, or, yeah. So you're basically turning nothing into something when you're, even if you're just a programmer, like, I don't mean to say like just a programmer, but even if that's like all you're doing, like you're still turning an idea into something physical that people can use. That's true. And, um, you know, as much as, you know, algorithms makes me cry in the middle of the night, (laughs) it it is an art form to be able to come up with these um, sequence of, you know, instructions that terminate and repeat and they're Mm -hmm. unambiguous. Like that takes a lot of work and a lot of creativity to even figure that out. It's not algorithms aren't something that's always like pre-made it's something that you have to design yourself to make sense of 
something that's kind of invisible in your head and you want other people to be able to see and understand that. So actually that sounds a lot to me like music, right? And like how you compose music because you, you literally have to like come up with a system of notes and things, you know, on a measure Yeah. to create something like that's innovative and new that no one has ever heard before right it's it's like composing music to me and it has to sound nice right it can't just be some hobble squash of like (laughs) (laughs) that's not pretty (laughs) and the other thing is like everybody and how they write code is different right and so we all have like a a different voice in how how you would write your code right yeah a different syntax what it looks like in terms of like the spacing, all of that. Mm-hmm. So it, it is in a way very musical. Yeah. Yeah. Which segues kind of nicely <laughs> into <laughs> lyrics to code. So yeah. where did that come from? <laughs> and <laughs> can you try to like explain to yeah. people? I know it's going to be kind of hard for them without a visual to understand, but mm-hmm. explain what that is. Okay, so lyrics to code is um, taking song lyrics and turning it into snippets of syntactical code. So I usually use the Java language. I've used Python a little bit too, Um, but I take basic structures in Java Mm -hmm. and or Python like if statements Mm -hmm. or loops and also variables, and I will replace um, things that could be so when you're coding, there <laughs> I told you it's gonna yep. be kind of yeah. tough. When when you're coding, there are certain words that are reserved for that language, mm-hmm. so you can't change those. But then everything else, you pretty much name yourself. Mm-hmm. And so when I make lyrics to code, um, those things that you can name yourself, I turn into different parts of song lyrics. Mm-hmm. And so when you read it. Um, it cohesively looks like, you know, maybe like the chorus of a song or, you know, a really good line in the song that I love. And it just punches and you're like, yeah, that, that, <laughs> right. that pumps me up. <laughs> right. Yep. So um, it's almost like a little puzzle too. sometimes. Like when I see yeah. it, I'm like, hmm, what could this be? <laughs> and it's funny you say that it's kind of like a puzzle. Um, I've had maybe three different schools, one a high school and two college um, or two colleges, yeah, universities, who have come to me and been like, yeah, we show this to students to have them guess what song it is. So Mm. it's like a fun activity that we do with the kids or that we do in this certain club. And I'm like, whoa, (laughs) I didn't think it would go that far. That's really cool that you guys do that. (laughs) Yeah, so you're on Instagram. Oh, yeah. How many followers do you think you have? And do you think it's because of Lyrics to Code that you've started to get all of this Mm -hmm. kind of momentum behind you so i have uh 4300 right now mm-hmm. and um i would say actually um back in february every single day of the month i posted a different um black computer scientist oh yeah, yeah. kyla was in there hey. and um just talked about their achievements and what they did and you know i had little funky stuff in there like oh why um why is silicon valley attributed to white and asian men when the godfather Mm. of silicon valley is this black man Mm, and everybody's like whoa i never heard of this and i'm like well you should (laughs) Um, (laughs) so um i think that 
is what really sparked a bunch of followers to like come in. They're like, oh, wow, you know, this girl is about diversity. Yeah. And she does Lyrics to Code. What is this? This is cool. So Lyrics to Code didn't really spark the huge following to begin with. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a reason why people um, still keep coming back. Because they're like, this is funny. This is cute. And they like send it to their friends and stuff. And um, I think it just adds an element of like fun to my page. So it's not yeah. always like serious. And also you're adorable. So yeah. that helps. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's part of the reason people are still following you too oh my gosh she's an adorable picture she's like always yes. out in the wilderness of michigan yeah. hiking yeah. she literally takes her cat on walks oh, people yeah yeah yep. rest so. in peace oh, rest in peace yes yeah. yeah but yeah I, I love taking my cat on hikes i love hiking that's like um, I feel like sometimes people like associate computer people with, you know, just wanting to be inside yeah. playing video games, even though, you know, I do like <laughs> that, like, that is <laughs> but Part truly, <laughs> right. <laughs> but truly what gets, you know, my heart pumping and my brain fresh is just going out in nature and going on a hike. Yeah. It just feels so good and it's beautiful and, you know, there's no one else around you, but the fresh air and you just breathe it in the and fresh cold air well <laughs> it's not always cold in michigan we sure, do have summertime sure. remember i was talking right. about the seasons earlier There's we get all month. of it called july no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and we have the great time. lakes so we have mm -hmm. real water um <clears throat> sorry guys but all, in florida weird. it's not the same yeah it is <laughs> no it's not yeah, it you guys yeah. do not have fresh water here yes we so. do we have springs natural yeah. springs. Yeah, springs we have the great lakes that's not the same <laughs> we have a giant lake too like it is not in it's comparison a to... it's a swamp so let's not <laughs> talk true. about it okay oh my let's, gosh let's bring this back <laughs> But to that, lyrics to code yeah. and your yeah. social media yeah, stuff. So, yeah, <laughs> like with your social media, the thing that I love is that you're a grad student and you mm -hmm. show the whole grad student life. Like, yeah. you know, there's pictures of you and you're like, I'm, number one, I'm like, you must have a timer or something where you like set it up and you're like at your desk, you're drinking coffee, you're reading, you're coding. <laughs> like, I'm like, man, this is exactly, every time I see it, I'm like, this was me the whole <laughs> time. And it's just reminiscent of my time there. And it's like, almost like you're glamorizing being a grad student. <laughs> no, I, so I, I feel like she talks about some of the, more difficult things mm -hmm. too. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But yeah. just bringing a visual aid to like literally yeah. being that visual piece that people can say, this is what grad school yes. is like. Like yes. there are little girls who look like you who are just like, oh, she's doing, she's coding. And she like just having this visual hanger that you can just mm -hmm. see and mm -hmm. have this thing in your head to say, oh, she's doing this. I can do it. Like sometimes imagery, imagery is so important. And just the fact that you have so much positive imagery around coding and around computing is like, it's really cool. Thanks so much. <laughs> and yes, I do use a timer on my phone. Um, you know, I always tell people this. I'm a broke college student, so I don't have like these big fancy cameras anywhere. Mm -hmm. I don't have a photographer. Um, I actually decline any kind of sponsorship. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, I just am really about having a natural organic following. I don't want people to follow me just because I sponsored such and such, you know. So no um, flat tummy yeah. tea. Yeah, no, I'm not. <laughs> None of that. <laughs> I like to show people, you know, what it's really like. And I don't want to ever have to um, put out a front because I've sponsored this company. You know, I still want to be me and not have to, like, change that for anything. So I do use my um, 
Android device. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there, you iPhone users. Hey, We're team iPhone on this side Watch of the table. I know. Haters going to hate, though, right? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> but yeah, um, and I just click on a timer. Um, I bought this little $8 tripod from Walmart because that's the only store we have in the UP. And, um, (laughs) you know, and that's all I use to take my pictures and, you know, do my thing. For those of you not familiar with the UP, the UP is the upper peninsula of Michigan. So Michigan looks like a hand. And then there's like another, there's a foot that that's on the side of it. Wait, what? <laughs> what kind of Michigan foot looks like? like this. It's like this. Well, it's, oh, it's your right yeah. hand is the lower peninsula yeah. and your left hand's the upper peninsula. Yeah. Okay. Um, I consider this part, I don't know if you can see in the camera. I consider this upper part of the upper peninsula where my thumb is at. I call that the shark fin of the upper peninsula. Is that okay. where you are? And that is where I live. Lives so in the Canada, most, basically. Yeah, but, you know, surrounded okay. by a beautiful lake with fresh water. <laughs> but <laughs> the shade. Oh, the shade. I'm so glad we wore this shirt. Hey, that's out. Hey, I'm so glad we I know, wore I thought shirt. it was perfect oh my goodness but yeah i live in like the most northern tip of michigan that you could possibly live so it's um you get a lot of weather i really feel like we should just drive her out to one of our springs so she can just experience the nature here your life will be changed it will i don't know about that it's like a natural lazy river yeah but how many waterfalls do you have what we don't have elevation. <laughs> right, we're talking about Florida's right. flat. We have Florida. Water we have drips. cliffs and water hills drips. and skiing. <laughs> you can water yeah. ski. Yeah, in a not fresh Great Lake situation. <laughs> um, okay, so back to it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. So you talked about like how you kind of have a following and you mm-hmm. have this messaging that you're sending out there and it's very yeah. positive. Yeah. Um. And I do think you spend a lot of time kind of dispelling myths and also countering like stereotypes. Yeah. And have you experienced that as you've kind of moved through math and computer science? Oh, yeah. Is that a reason why you talk about that on your social media page? Yeah, Um, because whenever I tell somebody what I do, they're like, either surprised like they wouldn't expect me to do that or they're like you have a great personality how do you fit in and mm. I'm just like well <laughs> right you know <laughs> like not everybody in math and computing has these like boring personalities and that's also something that like I share a lot in um, on my Instagram especially when I do like live sessions as I'll tell people you know you don't have to be this serious head in the books all the time kind of person when you're in graduate school like you can still have fun you can be bubbly and people are probably gonna like attract you a lot more that way mm-hmm, anyway yeah. mm-hmm. so um don't ever feel like just because you have a personality you can't be in computing <laughs> yeah. a lot of it is talking to other people I teach intro to java right now and we require paired programming because we're like, well, you're going to do this in the real world. Yeah. You might as well gain a personality now and learn how to work with people. You <laughs> know, gain a personality. <laughs> I mean, I don't even think that's a hater statement. That's real. real that's yeah. real life. <laughs> you know, because a lot of students are like, well, I just want to work on my own. And it's like, well, it's not always going to be that way. You're not always going to be working by yourself. Most jobs are not exactly. that way. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to program things by yourself. Things are team-based. And actually, for here, when we have our mm-hmm. recruitment visits, 
Um, I have my students go to the recruiters as part of an assignment to find out what are the skills, you know, forget the technical things. Yeah. What are the skills the students are lacking? And yep. it's teamwork. Yeah. Like they're mm -hmm. saying te students don't know how to work in teams. They don't know how to work together to solve a problem. There's very much of this, like you said, this individualistic, I want to work on my thing and not have to worry about anyone else. But yeah. that is not the real world. You no. have to pair program like that is the best practice, you know. Yeah. yeah, we used to call them soft skills, but mm -hmm. that's ridiculous. Because they hard. It's not that they're hard. <laughs> it's just it it kind of devalues them. Yeah, right? yeah. and yeah. so those are professional skills, people. Exactly, professional skills, and you need them mm -hmm. to yeah. be a professional right exactly. in the workplace. Yep. So it's very cool that you kind of talk about those things. Yeah, and how being unique in a space mm -hmm. isn't bad. Right. Right. It's yeah. valuable. It's yeah. useful. And we need more of you. Yeah. And I would Thanks. feel like as a grad student, I think I was afraid to be this outgoing. I've always been outgoing, but I was I don't think I would have ever done it on this level because I feel like there's this sort of uh, tendency to want people to think of you as the serious, serious person. And any mm -hmm. part of your personality that you show is something that's counter to to this and I love the fact that you are a hundred percent yourself all mm -hmm. the time and your brand yeah. is look mm -hmm. I'm out here I'm doing this but guess what I can code to and I right. can do this you know you're showing things counter to that narrative yeah and um you know I think in my bio it says something like I'm your favorite optimistic black you know <laughs> graduate <laughs> student in computer science but then um also in some of my posts I definitely talk about um the hard times too because it isn't always just like rainbows and bubble gum I mean it's grad school so mm -hmm. Um, there's definitely times where I feel really down and I, I don't post like, oh, I'm sad, you know, like <laughs> you should make me feel better. Aww. It's more of like this happens, but you'll work your way out of it and it's not a big deal, you know, but I just like everybody to know that like, even though I am this bubbly person all the time, like it, it gets real too sometimes right. so happens. I like to be really yeah. explicit about that so people don't just like follow me and decide that they want to go into graduate school or go into computer science and think that it's going to be this like big ball of fun all the time yeah. like I like them to know that there there's a mix there's up, ups and downs Jamie what are you passionate about like mm -hmm. what kind of inspires you I love to teach that's like <laughs> that's like my number one passion, my number one inspiration for like everything. Like when I was a, I just said like like thirty times. My bad. It's okay. Um, it's probably my fault for the earlier Valley Girl thing on the break. But um, when I was a kid, um, I used to. Well, I think everybody does this when they can't fall asleep, so they just lay there and like daydream a little bit. Mm -hmm. I was always daydreaming about being a teacher. Oh wow! I don't think and, anyone does. Well, okay. Well, okay, maybe not about being a teacher, but like daydream. Dreaming in general. Okay, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think everybody daydreams <laughs> about being a teacher. <laughs> um, but I did. And so um I never really like thought about it as something that I wanted to do, which is so strange considering hmm. that's like what I was consistently daydreaming about. And right? Mm -hmm. And then when I started graduate school, I was like, man, I get to teach a lot more. I love this. And before I started graduate school as a math tutor. And that 
kind of is like some pseudo teaching that Mm -hmm. made me feel really good. So when I actually got my own classroom, I was like, whoa, I love (laughs) this stuff. (laughs) So teaching has definitely become my passion. I mean, my research is computer science education. So I'm really into figuring out how people learn things and the best way for people to learn things, especially when I was doing math. Uh, a lot of people are like, I hate math. I suck at math. And I'm like, that's because you haven't had the right teacher because yeah. everybody's really good at math. Math is every single thing around you. So it's kind of impossible for you to like suck at it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you just have to like have the right like spark in your mind, the right way to like some- something that somebody needs to tell you to like make it make sense. Because yeah. I wasn't always good at math either. It's probably like my eighth grade math teacher. Um, he was really awesome and like took the time to like explain things to me in a way that I understand and then from there on I like totally got math it just like clicked and I think that there's somebody like that for everybody and I want to be that person cool yeah so what about CS education do you research so um, my research is involved with the Native American population specifically. Ooh. There's a reservation about 30 minutes south of campus. Wow. And so um, starting this January, I'll be going out there like four times a week to work with kids and teach them computer science. Wow. And a big part of my research is finding a way to teach computer science in such a way that it doesn't um, diminish their traditional values and their culture. Because a lot of things and especially a lot of research, um, tends to do that. So I'm trying to find a really respectful way to go about my research and really uplift the community and kind of put them first. Mm -hmm. As opposed to putting my research first, I want to put their community first and really help them build up um, and preserve preserve everything that they lost. Mm -hmm. Does this fall under the umbrella of culturally relevant computing? A little bit, yeah. Definitely more like, I would say like cultural based mm-hmm. instead of culturally relevant because I think relevant just finds a way to like mix it in whereas like cultural based takes from the people who live there and experience that and are Native American and takes their knowledge mm-hmm. and creates meaning for their population of what computer science is so I'm not mm-hmm. coming in like this is computer science this is what you need to know I'm like tell me what you're your culture and what your people know and then we will together create this meaning of computer science as it applies to you and what's important to you that's really amazing because like you said most people come in with this approach if I'm going to tell you Mm -hmm. versus Mm -hmm. let me listen to what's important to you your norms and your customs and let's make something out of that right I like that approach I do think it falls into culturally relevant computing which is like part of the whole human-centered computing world, right? Yeah. Where you have to understand people yeah. <laughs> to be able to implement technologies, right? Yeah. yeah. So I do see it kind of as that. And you're, yeah. I think immersing yourself in another culture is a very noble thing that most people aren't willing to do. It takes a lot of patience. Um, a big part of my research is that I do have to get it approved by the tribal council. Mm. Um, if I don't, then that's not... I'm not really doing the right thing by yeah. by their people. Um, so it's it's a lot of patience. That's beautiful, though. But it's good work. Yeah. yeah. Do you it have makes any, me feel good. Do you have any ties to, like, the Native American population? Like, what made you choose this specific area? So um, when I started at Michigan Tech, um, I'm the only black person in my department. 
<laughs> and there are no black professors. We do have one now. She's super awesome. She's in <laughs> humanities, though. Okay. Um, but you know, I was like the only one and I was like, wow, why is it this way? (laughs) And so the, I'd switched research gears to want to do, um, broadening participation kind of research, but, which um, is just diversifying. Exactly. The space that you're in. Yes. But, um, there's no black people, there's no Hispanic people. So I was like, dang, who do I work with if nobody's here? Yeah. <laughs> How do you broaden things if there's no one broader at <laughs> right. right? And my first year at Michigan Tech, uh, I actually did get to go out to the reservation and work with some kids there. And then I was like, oh, wow, like the Native American population, why didn't this like come to mind right away? Um, and it's just because their issues or, yeah, their issues with, like, you know, the education system in our country as a whole is completely different than, mm-hmm. you know, what us as black people have to go through. Yep. Um, totally different. And so learning all of that wasn't really something that, like, came to mind right away. But once I decided to do it, um, it's just turned into this huge experience. So when I worked with those kids my first year it was a group of third graders and I said hey go on google (laughs) and go to scratch.mit.edu and they all looked at me like I was crazy they were like (laughs) what and you know like what what part of it was crazy right yeah uh clicking on google typing in a url they didn't know what I was saying and you you know like even if you're working with um other you know minority communities you can say go on google and they know what you mean yeah Mm -hmm. so these kids were just totally like you're gonna have to break it down so Mm -hmm. you know i had to hop on the computer pull out the little projector and be like this is you know step by step and eventually i would just um pull up google ahead of time on all the computers so that they didn't have to worry about that part and we could just go right to business but at the the school okay at the the high school Hmm. So you had third graders at a high school mm-hmm. and you were teaching them in that space because that was the only space that they had access to computers on the reservation. Yep. Wow. So the Native American population has um, really high numbers of like mobile use, like, hmm. um, you know, mobile phones yeah. and things yeah, like that's that. That's what I was going to um, More than any other racial community. And okay. so it's not like something where they aren't trying to adopt technology um Mm -hmm. it's just computers for some reason i don't know yet i hope to figure it out Mm -hmm. (laughs) is not as prevalent so of course when you think about that i mean how can you program on a mobile device it's a lot a lot more difficult difficult. (laughs) doesn't really come to mind so um yeah not too many people have large access and the region that i live in they're um, broadband prices are the second highest in the country. Wow. The highest is Hawaii. That what? makes sense, right? They're that in the middle of the ocean. Of right. yeah. But then in the upper peninsula of Michigan, we're still in mainland. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. like, you why is it Canada so expensive? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know but it's like wow like why is it like this it's because it's so rural and you know it's it's not Mm -hmm. exactly the most wealthy area so so um, it's a challenge that you have to overcome Mm. definitely regularly to ensure these students have the opportunities Mm -hmm. that most students 
have in the rest of the country. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, wow. so that's really what inspired me to, like, work with their population and keep going back down to the reservation to be like, okay, you know, I'll be the one to teach you guys this, and mm-hmm. but I'm not just going to do it with me and my Western ideals of society. I'm going to bring in people who are important to you guys, and we're going to work on this together. That's so wonderful. Yeah, what are some of the most, like, surprising things that you found out from this work? Like you said, you go in with your own sort of Western ideas of what teaching Mm -hmm. computing looks like. But, like, I know you mentioned that Google, you know, telling them to go onto Google was something that you didn't anticipate having to, like, break down. Is there any other, like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know this kind of moment? Um, So... I thought that going onto a Native American reservation, everybody would be like super native, if that makes sense. You know, like that makes sense. they're all speaking Ojibwe because that's the tribe up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, I don't know. I kind of had a, a quite a few stereotypes in my mind. Like they dress a certain way, act a certain way. And it's not like that at all. They're extremely Americanized. Mm -hmm. And that just goes back to their history. They're super patriotic because they were beaten into it. So a lot of people don't even have their um, culture with them. You can meet a lot of adults who don't know a lick of Ojibwe because they went through like the boarding school era where, Mm, um, you know, if people don't know about that, that's when our government took children out of their homes and away from their parents and put them into these schools with these Catholic teachers and they didn't allow them to speak their language. They um, didn't allow them to practice any of their traditions. And if they did, then they would get beat. And I'm talking about like five-year-old kids physically harmed. And so people were scared to, you know, be who they are. And you can still see that in adults today. So um, that was definitely something that was super shocking to me because you don't learn that in history class. Nope. (laughs) They don't tell you about that. So (laughs) uh, it's um, definitely a big learning process, learning about how how the people are, how they were treated in history because, like I just said a second ago, we don't learn that stuff. So hearing Mm -hmm. these firsthand accounts of you know, how people have been treated, how people have been taken out of their homes and adopted off to, you know, different white families Mm -hmm. and, you know, also not being in touch with their culture. There's a lot of things going on. Um, And I didn't also realize that um, diabetes is actually like a really big issue. Yeah, I've heard that too. Mm -hmm. Mm. You always kind of hear about like uh, the drunk Indians. So you kind of assume that maybe like alcoholism is their main problem, which it is also very prevalent, but um, diabetes was a big shocker for me. I didn't realize that they weren't um, getting all the right health information and um, good like nutrient-filled foods. I'm not a health person. No, that's fine. But I wonder why it it, why is it? I mean, is it just because that's America's problem and they're just, you know part of this American issue or are there other factors at play? Um, I think being, at least for this population that's by me, I think being in an isolated area is definitely part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially with the long winters that we have, it's hard to farm. Yeah. (laughs) So they are really big into wild ricing 
and growing, mm. you know, their own vegetables. And that's really hard to do when you live in like, um, you know, the kind of super snowy. Tundra, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> when your crops freeze, it's like, yep. okay, you can't eat ice. So, <laughs> yep. And then, you know, the things that are shipped up to grocery stores, most of the grocery stores in the UP are locally owned. So, um, you know, I'm sure they're not getting all the best things there either you know there's no whole foods oh wow (laughs) nothing like that no plum market so no trader joe's nothing (laughs) like that so um i imagine that's part of it i don't want to say that's not something that i've researched and been saying is a fact but i think that's maybe could be possibly part of why um that's such a huge issue there Mm. like almost like a food desert yeah yeah yeah, a rural f- food desert, which is an mm-hmm. interesting yeah. situation. Yeah. yeah. And then another difficult part has been um, when you do research with kids, you know, you typically need to involve the parents. And that's something that's also been quite a big difficulty is because a lot of students don't even live with their parents. Mm-hmm. They live with neighbors. Mm-hmm. It's very... Um, you'll hear like Americans talk about, oh, back in the day, you know, everybody was your parent and, you know, the community helps to raise the children. And um, that's what it's like there. You know, the the community works together to raise the kids. Yeah. Um, It's not always put on the parents because the parents might be working elsewhere or they might be, um, you know, unfortunately in jail or something like that, mm-hmm. um, where they don't really get to be with their parents all the time. So when I, you know, come up with my consent forms and want to <laughs> send them via email, you know, <laughs> things yeah, like that I don't really do that. work yeah, out. It's a very um, in-person kind of place, even working with the tribal council or working with the tribal college. It's really hard to get in touch with people if I'm not on the reservation. So uh, that's a pretty big difficulty that I have to kind of deal with and it's you know trying to get my advisor to ride along too (laughs) be like yeah man I have to go out there to get this done it sounds like you've learned a lot through this experience yeah it's helped you kind of change your lens and how you view the world absolutely which is is amazing yeah 100 percent. so I want to end this uh (laughs) talking about kind of what your social media and the things that you've been doing have yeah. have led to. And I know that you were recently selected as a Black Computer Fellow, mm-hmm. which is super Thanks. cool. So Black Computer is a group that is dedicated to supporting computing and STEM education, workforce development for Black women and girls. Mm-hmm. So you want to talk about that a little bit and what your experience has been? I know it's new, so you may not have a lot of information, but yeah. So we're the first group of fellows. So yeah, it is very new. Mm -hmm. Um, But what we do is uh, every month we have a two hour long session where we all get together um, via zoom online Mm -hmm. and video chat. And we have a special guest who teaches us something new. And um, it's, hmm, I want to say every one of them has been a black woman. And so (laughs) (laughs) I had to think about it for a second, but I'm pretty sure they all have. And um, they'll talk about um, different things in technology. So whether it's business or data science or 
whatever they do, that's what they talk about. And so they have a cool like PowerPoint presentation and we get to see them and ask them questions. Mm -hmm. And it's just very like back and forth. And it's just like a really nice community to be part of. Because all of these girls, we see each other every month, you know, via online. (laughs) And um, we just get to, before we actually start the real, you know, in-depth conversation, we kind of share things that are going on in our lives. So Mm -hmm. does anybody have anything exciting that they want to share? And then we all, like, congratulate each other. And we're like, good job, girl, you know? (laughs) So... (laughs) So it's a really cool way that, like, I've made friends and, you know, another network. Yeah. And so I love being part of it. And it's given me some great opportunities, especially um, Dr. Jamika Burge. Mm -hmm. Uh, This past summer, she asked me to help her out. She was working with Black Girls Rock Mm -hmm. to um, do this camp called Girls Rock Tech. And so we had a group of middle school and high school um, young black girls come in and learn about leadership and computer science. (laughs) And she asked me to teach the computer science portion. And that was super duper fun. And so that was like a really cool opportunity that came out of um, Black Compute Her and like having that network. That and all the skills that you've gained through your research. Absolutely kids how to code so yeah that's amazing that you've had the opportunity so you've done a really good job using social media for your brand so mm-hmm. what advice would you give someone who's like hey I want to put myself out there I want to be known as a certain thing like what would you tell them to do first definitely find what makes you unique there's you know quadrillions of people on Instagram so <laughs> is that a real number of mathematicians it's not okay. but it's you know what I mean continue there's a lot of people on Instagram <laughs> so you have to really find a find out what makes you stick out so for me it happens to be um being like a super smiley black girl in computer science that makes these (laughs) lyrics to code and also goes to grad school you know (laughs) right um that you know that's me and that's what I share and you have to be really consistent so Mm. you know I post about what I post about, but you're not going to see a post about me at the bar with my friends at night because that's not what my page is about. Mm -hmm. Um, And then a really big part of why I think that my following has stayed and been consistent is um, engagement. Mm-hmm. So whenever I get comments on my photos, you know, lately it's been a little hard for me to keep up, but I reply to all of them. Oh, wow. wow. If I get messages, DMs, I reply to all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and people, so I post in my stories a lot. So people are always, you know, uh, giving me comments about that. I reply. I, you know, am a real person, so I let people <laughs> understand that by actually replying to them. I think some people um, try to, they're a little narcissistic about it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, I just want to show me. And it's like a I look don't... at me, look at me kind of thing. Right. Exactly. A... Right, it's a one-way conversation yeah. versus exactly. two ways. And I think that the fact that I make it a two-way thing and recognize people 
makes it so that more people want to follow and engage and see what I have to say because they know that if they have any questions, they're going to get answered. Sometimes I don't have all the answers, but I'm (laughs) frank about that too. I'll be like, I don't know about that, but maybe I can try and find somebody who does, or maybe I can't, but I just try to be very um, forward about everything that I want to say. Yeah. So yeah, that helps a lot. Yeah. And also becoming part of a community so there's like a lot of girls um and and guys who are very active on instagram as well in the computer science tech realm Mm -hmm. and so we've created this like community of people that we engage with each other we'll be like oh look at so-and-so's post and that's not something where we're like oh hey in their dms will you post repost my picture it's nothing like that it's usually Mm -hmm. like we just do it because we like what the other person has to say. And there's actually a lot of people on Instagram that have sent me things over mail. Yeah. They've sent oh, me wow. gifts. Aww, and that's cute. Yeah, it's really great. There's a bunch of people that I've met in person. And so, like, meeting in person after being these, like, online friends kind yeah. of, like, <laughs> makes that bond a little bit stronger. Mm-hmm. And I have yeah. to admit that everybody that I've met in person so far has been really cool you know you always get that kind of like nervous feeling like oh what if they're fake on social media and they're totally you know meanie head in person (laughs) (laughs) meanie head right (laughs) so um they're not meanie heads and they're totally (laughs) real people too and it's been really awesome um just like finding this whole other realm of like networking and getting to know people and I've collaborated on blogs with people Mm -hmm. like it it just turns into this awesome community so definitely engagement is a big part of it well that's awesome and a great way to end this episode (laughs) so Jamie before we go how can people find you on social media so I am Instagram based that is me just queen IG (laughs) um, my Instagram handle is burger with a side of code all one word all lowercase and burger is spelled with an E instead of a U because it is my last name not the sandwich (laughs) so burger with a side of code As always, you can find us on our website, modernfigurespodcast.com. Send your questions to askusatmodernfigurespodcast.com. And follow us on Twitter. Kyla's at Dr. Underscore Kyla, and I'm at Jeremy Waysom. Until next time, drink some water, eat some vegetables. And be extra like guacamole because guacamole adds quality and isn't just extra for no reason.